0: you guys to another episode of but i'm tess thank you so much for your feedback on the last episode it was like overwhelmingly positive and i just want to um shout out to doja cat who was like i needed to hear that episode about crocs so badly and <laughs> she she left us a five-star review if she can do it so can you right my name is tess <laughs> My name is Tess, and as always, I am joined by the oak tree in the garden that is not yet fully grown, but it is on its goddamn way. Trina. Thank you. How are you, Trina?
1: (laughs) Better now that you've called me an oak tree that hasn't fully grown, but it's on my damn way. I mean, God, I'm stunned. Too stunned to speak.
0: (laughs) It's not how it is. Uh, Trina, do you you have any, uh, you know, guys, I should say also I consumed for some reason three cups of coffee at least. I don't know what the ounces were, but like a lot of coffee this morning. And so I'm absolutely quivering (laughs) and I can hear the blood beating in my ears. It's awesome. Awesome. (laughs) But uh, Trina, are you you into, um, do you like music?
1: I do. I love music. I love listening name, to it name,
0: all the time. Name five. Name five musics.
1: Uh, The sound of a horn. Mm. Crickets at night. Mm-hmm. The literal sound of music, the production. The Hills Are Alive With It. They are super. <laughs> Opening a fresh bag of Cheetos. Music. Yeah,
0: that's like a... <sighs> That was my you know impression what I mean, yeah,
1: exactly, <laughs> and last but not least, the
0: sound sounds that bands make, oh, you know in in the in the famous words of our our dear friend of the pod juicy j uh <laughs> bands make her dance right, which is really what inspired I'd say this episode about bands yes um you know juicy j by the way is short for juicifer it's like christopher
1: i didn't know that but you know what i never have to worry about not knowing things like that because i know you'll tell me
0: yeah next time we all get together with juicy j Mm -hmm. juicy j trina and tess take the big city of course that's a movie i want to see sadly we couldn't get him on for this episode but we do have two other fantastic guest, which i can't wait to bring on but for now trina um we have like a we, we know we you and i both connected to this circle of um of band boys i would say we did boys in the band we did um and girls right and, uh, you, they really span any gender you want we've we've connected with in a band but but really what brought them all together is music right and You've had an experience dating a musician. Is that true?
1: Yeah. Actually, I've dated only musicians. Um, and I, So um, not only have I dated one band person in a band, I've dated, I think, several people who are in bands. Wow.
0: Um, in the same band? No, or? no.
1: That would be really kind messy. <laughs> but I do always find myself in situations with musicians or dating them seriously for a little less than a year never makes it to the year mark mm-hmm. quite. Um, and so I have, I have quite a bit of experience, a sample, if you will, to draw experiences mm-hmm. from for this episode. So I'm really excited <laughs> about it. Um, Good. But this is to say, Tessa, you can ask me anything and I will probably have an experience to share about that. Wow. Uh, band members. Well, so
0: I'm just wondering because I know you were in orchestra as a as a youth, I which was. is not band.
1: No, it's not. Um, it's nothing like being in a band. Um, but it does. I guess because of that, I have a really loving and I mean, I guess I just have a relationship to music that is informed by that time and informed by how difficult it was to be playing an instrument. So I know how hard it is. And I like really appreciate and respect it. And so I do often find myself, you know, in these situations, because I'm far enough away from that time in my life. But I do really love music. And I love playing it still. But my art form is so different now. And I love visual stuff. And I do mostly visual stuff. And I do things like this. And I have so much so much fun with that. And so I don't really like. Want to be a musician, but I do like being close to them, and so I think that that's what happens.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I was gonna say I think, and this is for me personally. Say it. <laughs> and I haven't necessarily lived up to this, but I think <laughs> that, like, in for instance, as a comedian, yes. um I would never, ever, 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 ever want to date another comedian interesting interesting yeah i hear that it's not in the wheelhouse yeah i've done
1: that and it's it it is strange it is strange it's like a lot right yeah i think the double whammy is when they're a comedian and also are in a band (laughs) right oh boy oh it just happened oh wow yeah Oh yeah good for you no
0: no because like (laughs) you can date a funny guy but like i wouldn't want to date I don't know. And I may walk this back in the next episode. We'll see. But I just wonder if two musicians have that same feeling or like. I think they do. I think they do, actually. I mean, not to. But put- like band cest, I feel like band which is incest combined <laughs> with the word band, if you didn't pick that up. No,
1: I picked it. Uh, I feel totally. like that happens
0: a lot. Like, I feel like there's a lot of times where bands, I've seen a lot of like documentaries about bands falling apart and usually it's got to do with some love affair.
1: Yeah, I mean, I believe that. I think the craziest thing about just being in any kind of, like, relationship with a musician is that they just, like, leave for gigantic periods of time, or they'll just, like, right. be super busy, and, like, you'll be, like, the pining whoever who's, like, waiting for them yeah. to write you a sonnet. Um, And so I feel like... <laughs> my (laughs) why don't you pluck me like you pluck your guitar right (laughs) um yeah and so I do think it is like it's something I'm like unknowingly always drawn to but recently I've realized that it's like it's getting to be an issue like I just can't keep doing this I'm too grown up for this like I can't do it (laughs) but I know that the end 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 point of this is I'm like who like at the end of the day these musicians are releasing EPs or whatever, right? Right, right. And right. I'm, like, trying to get on one. I'm like, what would happen if you wrote a song about me? So I'm just like, I guess it's all... It's not for naught, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't This yeah. isn't an effort for naught, but it does sometimes feel like, why am I... I do have to, like, remind myself of that goal. <laughs> yes. Where I'm like, one day I'm going to be on some DIY, like, indie bands, like... <laughs> You know what I mean, like EP or whatever.
0: Yeah, because it, it's tough to be a like a groupie. No, and feel like you're you're pining after something. Like I want in on the action. If we're going in on the action, right?
1: You know? I right, exactly. And I think I feel really strange about like how often I seem to be in this situation of feeling like one like a groupie, or feeling like I'm like waiting for someone to come back from t-
0: Like it just has happened more <laughs> than I think it should at this point, and. Um, it's like it's like the modern day. When will my husband return from war, dude? When
1: will my when DIY will... indie band member return from their like cross country tour? Yeah, literally, for real for real. Um, literally, and I. I <laughs> it is really funny, and I think also the other thing about it is like I think when you're like dating someone or talking to someone who's in a band, you like feel like you have to be so chill and so yeah. like I don't even care.
0: Depending um, on the band, I suppose. I don't right. know. I'm picturing like, well, so for me, the type is probably like a SoundCloud rapper. Oh my
1: God! Spe- Wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you mean? I have to hear about this. I need to. Okay. Yes. Well, like. So, what is your what have your experiences been like? So, you is that like something that you like in like consciously know about yourself and go after, or does it just happen to you?
0: No. I. It feels like it just happened. I mean, in high school, obviously. Not obviously, just I went to an art high school. Okay. And my first boff, uh, biff, bff, um, <laughs> shout out to him. There's not a chance in hell he's listening, uh, but he played trumpet and he was in the band. Right. And it was like, not, um, with peace and love. It wasn't like having a band boyfriend. It wasn't like having a boyfriend in a band, you know? Right. Um, and then. I just continued to. I think. Well, I think it's very attractive quality to be able to play an instrument, totally. Especially one like piano, um, cello. I think is the hottest instrument, and I will stand by that. Thank you, appreciate <laughs> it. Do you play
1: trumpet or cello? Yes, yes. That's what I played
0: through high school and middle
1: school. And what I'm well, in that's in what the I process. should have introduced you with. <laughs> no, I mean I'm glad you didn't because I haven't been in like a playing for others mode in such a long time like I'm really I'm at this point I'm trying to get my instrument back in shape to even be played and so I'm, I'm not I wouldn't even call I wouldn't call myself a cellist right now but I do love to play mm. yeah oh
0: I have a question okay yes. what do you think of people you know what do you think of singers who refer to their voice as their instrument <sighs> um
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think It is I, a sigh moment. It's a sigh moment. I respect it. I mean I did singing for a really long time too. Also. Oh like when I was really musical. You're like a quadruple threat. I don't think I'm a threat in any of the things that I can do. No, no. I, I, I had like a I had like a really serious musical phase before I got to college. And then in college I let go of all of it because I wanted to try other things. And now I feel like I'm nice. coming back to all of it, but I, I wouldn't call myself like a musician in, in that way as I was when like I was younger. Anyway, this is to say, I think <laughs> I respect it because I do think you need to take care of your voice. And I think there are certain things you have to do to ensure that there's health and wellness and sustainability in terms of using that every day if you're a musician. Um, but... I don't know. I think for me personally, singing has always come much more easily than playing an instrument has. Like, playing an instrument takes so much to-me-for-me, to-me-for-me skill. (laughs) And singing comes a lot more naturally because it's just, you're just, like, listening and then doing whatever you need to do. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. So, I don't fully, I respect it. Maybe I'm coming at this episode a little bit more earnestly than I need to. But I think, like, I respect it. But it's not... It's I think it is a different kind of instrument, if anything, than like an actual physical object.
0: Well, that's the thing about being uh, like doing comedy uh, is that (laughs) your voice can sound kind of like mine where it's like gravelly and occasionally cracks. And as long as you, you know, address that and make a joke about it, people are going to be fine with it. Like think about uh, Michelle Wolf. Um, People fucking hate hate her. Right. But also people love her. Mm-hmm. Um And she does have that voice. Right. Also, rest in peace, Gilbert Godfrey, who just died. Oh now my god, yeah. Voices, crazy sad. I think also with... Damn, I that think, hit.
1: I think with, like, I think comedy and music and really like any art form share this thing in common, which is that, like, it's not going to be an instrument and it's not going to be a skill until it's good. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're mm-hmm. just, like, playing yeah. stuff or doing stuff on stage... It's so such ripe grounds to be made fun of because it's like what you just think you're a comic because you're going up and telling jokes that like aren't even really hitting. (laughs) But when you see someone really, really do it and like do it really, really well, that's when you're like, oh shit, that's a skill. Like that's when you're like, okay, someone has really done it. And that's what I think I like really chase. I think even in in, like this silly conversation about band members and dating and whatever, like I think it's like really cool to see someone really excel at something, which I think is why Yeah like, this whole trope of, like, dating a band member or whatever comes up for so many people because it's like, oh, wow, you're so good that you're able to do it with other people and tour and have fun. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing goes for comics, too, is, like, I, I don't want to date. I would never want to, like, be in any kind of relationship with someone. Like, that is, like, I think doing stand-up, unless I was, like, I think super, super impressed by what they were able to do, um, which I think is, it's like... a professional. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't date a professional Like who's Okay. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No,
0: I mean, well, I was going to ask which comedian, which professional comedian you would date if 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 it were up to you. If
1: it were up to me and if it were age appropriate, Nagin Farsad, totally. If she- oh, I mean, but word. she's totally dating a man that I is think. Ancient. I think oh, Nagin Fersad... Well, no, not Nagin Versaud. Sorry, wait. Chris, cut that. Not Nagin Fersad. That's a different person. That's a <laughs> guest of the club. Back, back it up. Aparna <laughs> Nancharla, I think, is so charming and so oh, funny. Yeah. I think would be just such an excellent person to, like, date, I think. Um, but that's, like, someone who's, like, not in my... I think it's, like, also hard to to date people who are, who are maybe pursuing similar things as you. Like, I think that that is, like, yeah. really hard. Because you... I just, I I recently have been like, I need to start, I need to like date an accountant or someone who, oh, who is like an, someone who's studying to be an ophthalmologist or something, because I keep yeah. getting into these situations where people are pursuing the arts in some way, either it's like music, which is like adjacent to what I love, but isn't quite like what I do, or it's like people who do writing and art and visual stuff. And it always just feels like just so like, we can't be the same age and pursuing the yeah. same things um, without no, it getting kind of weird. Tell me. we
0: can pursue STEM. The thing is... I just... Would you make and a again, case for this? This is just my take. Yeah. For which part?
1: I mean, like, would you make a case for dating someone who's pursuing something that's similar to what you're pursuing?
0: Um, well, again, I wouldn't want to date, certainly, a stand-up comic. Yeah, me neither. Um, <laughs> this <just> sucks. But- <laughs> Like, I, I, I did go on a date with someone who was in finances. Mm-hmm. And how did that go? It was truly one of the most boring experiences I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just kept trying to be like, so what exciting things happen in your life? Anything at all? Do you mm-hmm. have a hobby? Mm-hmm. And like, got him to explain what he did. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to go now.
1: I did. it's just boring to yeah, me. Yeah, no, I, I totally hear that. I did once go on a date with a math major. This was like many, many years. This was not many, many years ago, but this is like when I was like a junior in college. And... They didn't go to, he didn't go to our, he didn't go to like our school. So it was like completely random. He did not go to our school. He didn't go to our school. <laughs> um, he was from summer camp. <laughs> um, no, but we, no, he wasn't. It was just like some random like app <laughs> thing. Um, but we went on this date and I, and I really like, at first was like, this is going to be so fun because we had talked a bunch about TV. But then when we arrived at the date, I realized that was kind of all, literally all we had to talk about and then like mm. we got to a point like the date was going so poorly that we started talking about international sim cards and that's where i knew oh my god that it was a oh, wow like i was like yeah i love using an international sim card it's great especially when i travel to canada like to be able to use a, a different <laughs> sim card um do you travel
0: to canada a lot
1: i used to before the pandemic because i have a lot of family there so i used to go every summer oh word. But now, I mean, I haven't seen them in three years, but I will see them soon. Anyway, this is to say that it was going so poorly, and also he ordered, like, a slice of banana bread, and I had, like, a whole-ass sandwich, and I was like, this is, like, a lunch date, but he was eating, like, banana bread, and I was eating, like, a... S- it was just, like, so weird. That is bizarre. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I- there's something really earnest about how the- how unslick the whole thing was that I think I sometimes, like, with artist types like you don't get because every artist is kind of like a little bit of a city slicker I think um so but that but it was really it was not a good date I mean it ended and I asked him if he wanted to go to a farmer's market and he said he totally had to go skate so I was like okay what
0: (laughs) yeah he was like really busy skating skating. god I wish I could never stay totally farmer's market Exactly. exactly all right um well listen anyway. i don't want to talk about entirely our our artistic dating experiences and our stem experiences um my <laughs> my big question i think that has to be addressed was were you ever like a one direction super fan or you know did you have one of those bands that you were like i'm I'm in it to win it
1: that's a good question i feel like so <laughs> i'm getting a little embarrassed i think what like all of the energy that i that i think like could go into really fangirling over bands i think went into fangirling over like comics at that age so like oh, one direction yeah. one direction my best friend at the time in high school really loved one direction so i feel like i had a lot of insight into their lives just because of her but i was never really into them like that i tried really hard to earnestly like, get into a band of my own, and that band was, like, the Beatles, which totally sucked. Like, I had, like, <laughs> yellow submarine vans. It was just, like, honestly, like, pretty embarrassing. Um, but I think everything that, like, goes into, like, really fanning over a band, I put into fanning over, like, Miranda Sings, which is, like, not a behavior I'm proud of. Oh, but I was yeah. really, really, <laughs> really into Miranda Sings in ways that yeah, I think I lots of people... A little bit. Oh, totally. I was her for Halloween. Like, it just wasn't right. And I, like, (laughs) knew how to do the voice. Like, it wasn't wasn't good. And so I think all of that energy I had went into, like, YouTube fandoms and, like, YouTube celebrities. Um, I was, like, watching a lot of Damon and Joe. I was, like, I don't know. I just it wasn't right. (laughs) What about you? Did you have a phase like that? Were you, like, really into bands? Or was it, like, a similar vibe for you?
0: Yeah, well, so I mean, I think my most notable, notable period of bands was like, I I always, <clears throat> I always looked to my older sister, uh, for music advice because she was my older sister and uh, she still is, <laughs> my older sister, and I mm-hmm. always just thought like her music taste and her friends liking that music was a very cool thing. So in eighth grade. For me, in seventh grade, when she was in eighth grade and ninth grade, uh, she was going through her little emo phase, and so I definitely, I definitely went through that a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is a, I mean, we, dare we even start in on warp tour? I don't know. Maybe we can bring it up with our first guest. Oh, I always um, wanted
1: to be a warp tour girly, though.
0: I just never had it in me. <laughs> Were you a warp tour person? I never went, but I wanted to be so badly, and I definitely, like, curated my Tumblr to make it seem like that. And You would go, right. Um, I always say I'm in love with an emo girl. I fell in love with an emo girl. That's amazing. All,
1: all I want,
0: really, is an emo girl.
1: I think it's interesting, also, the kinds of bands you trick yourself into being really into when you're, like, 12 or 13. Like... Right. I had a crush on a boy who really loved LinkedIn Park. Lincoln Park? LinkedIn Park.
0: Linkin Park. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: See that's how you know that that's shit was fake for as me. As no, but he was Linkin really Park? into Lincoln Park and yeah. um whatever. Like what is that other one? Green
0: Day. <laughs> Green Day is one, yep. <laughs> and I was uh, just fucking, like I-, <laughs> I just like Totally
1: tried to entrench myself into that scene where I was like, Yes, um, -hmm. like what is that song that's like, I walk a lonely road? That one, yeah, I was like, Really, (laughs) like, the wrong tune, yes. (laughs) Oh, really? How does it go? it's a
0: little lower. I think it's I I walk walk walk
1: alone. nice. Thank you. It's great that I am sitting <laughs> actually face to face with a real life fan. Actually, right. <laughs> who can correct me yeah. on the key. because um, I was a little bit too as in the soprano. No, I needed little... to be in the alto. Um, but I, that was something I was really doing a lot. Like I was just like absolutely shape shifting my music taste based on like my my like most present friend or crush. Um mm-hmm and no that's real that's like something you do when you're a kid though you know you're like yeah i love linkedin (laughs) linkedin
0: (laughs) LinkedIn park Park. i'm literally gonna go to hell i'm gonna go to lincoln writing a sketch about it now (laughs) hell is lincoln LinkedIn park and all you do there is make connections that you will never use yeah occasionally someone comes up to you and is like dude i think (laughs) this is the last thing okay i promise I think that um, the worst thing you can do to someone is message them on LinkedIn saying congratulations on 10 years at your job. Because I think it will just send them into a spiral. Oh, wow. That's just like, have I been here 10 years? Is this all I've done? I I hate LinkedIn personally. Um, Yeah, me too. Unless they want to sponsor this podcast.
1: Right. In which case we actually love LinkedIn. (laughs) Love LinkedIn. Love their park. Right. so beautiful. I mean – I can't really say that I've ever felt good while on LinkedIn. No, um, yeah. But I think the not other... Like this social is social media. Have you ever... Like, I feel like this is the thing that I also also think about is, like, you can't really use LinkedIn for art stuff without feeling kind of like a narc. Like, no one... No, no like, yeah. artist that I, like I feel like slow... I would want to connect with is going to be on LinkedIn in that way. And so... I feel like Instagram That's what Vimeo is for Vimeo, yeah, Instagram, Instagram. I feel like people use their Instagrams as networking tools. It all feels really upended and really like, oh, we're using this what used to be like a place where you post a picture of your lunch as like a networking
0: tool. <laughs> like it just is it's like business wow. baby, yeah.
1: We've devolved so far. Exactly. Yeah, I found I've found so many like artists that I really like or like people that I want to tattoo me on there and it just feels completely different. So I think LinkedIn <laughs> at least calls it what it is. Do You know what I mean? Like when you're on LinkedIn, yes. it's like you, you know are networking. Getting. Um, you are seeing people from your high school, like graduate from the ROTC, whatever. Um, right. People who God, are joining. We should do an
0: episode on LinkedIn.
1: We could. We could. We- I don't want. to I don't want to. Necessarily, necessarily, right. But- <laughs> no, I, don- I don't think we should. But we we could do anything. Um, mm-hmm. but with. With like artists and stuff and like musicians and people like that, like they're all doing all their like networking, promoting projects or whatever on Instagram under the guise of it being like a really personal, intimate place. And I think that sometimes gets me with Instagram because I'm like, this is ultimately being used as a networking tool in the same way that LinkedIn is. But you're like, you're being like, ah, ha, ha, ha. you, it's very you curated, can't see, but I'm yeah. like rubbing my hands together. You can hear it. Um,
0: yeah. So I don't you know. know when flies do that? Anyway. <laughs> well, Not listen, flies. we have a very exciting roster of guests coming up. Uh, you guys are going to freaking love them. We've got someone who does musical comedy. Um, and I know you want to know about that because everyone wants to know about that. And then we also have a professional costumer dresser um, for, for people on Broadway. Ever heard of it? Broadway? So stick around. We'll be right back after these few messages.
3: 7 in 10 girls believe that they are, in some way, not good enough. For more information on this startling statistic, please visit patriarchy.biz. But here at Gold Comedy, we're using comedy to help girls run the world. How? By helping teen girls and women and non-binary folks boost their confidence, smash perfectionism... Write sharper, think faster, and command any stage. I'm Gold's founder, Lynn Harris, and I approve this message. And the message that soup is always good after a bad day. But that's not what this ad is for. Soup doesn't need ads. Join Gold Comedy at club.goldcomedy.com.
0: Welcome back to Benum Tess, the only podcast where bands will um bring us together rubber bands you know what we're gonna cut it we're gonna cut it right out uh we're recording this on april 20th and we're celebrating a holiday so welcome back to but i tess you guys thanks for sitting through all those commercials i know uh we personally love the kombucha one that uh we got you know our kombucha plug trina right that just started sponsoring us. Love yes. that. Good drink. Yeah. Love, love. Manifesting.
1: Kombucha, our kombucha play. <laughs> yes.
0: So we are back and we're joined by our first guest. She is a Goldie, first and foremost, I'm sure. She is a stand up comedian, songwriter, singer, singer, songwriter is usually how that goes. She's like launched real live professional shows. And also, she has managed a, a touring band across this nation. Also, I should say, she's, I believe, our first international guest. Uu. Uh <laughs> not joining <Uu>. us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just cut, cr- cut it, Chris. No, Chris, I've accidentally keep it. worked that into my vocabulary. I love recently. it because I had a new woo phase.
1: Tessa, don't even worry about ugh, it. But <laughs> it's ironic, I promise. I know. Yeah, we're all using it ironically until it becomes an everyday yeah. thing.
0: Anyway, please welcome Megan. Woo! Hi, Megan. I don't know what new woo
4: means. Ooh woo. woo. No, it's ooh woo. (laughs) It's it's,
0: it's U-W-U, and it's like drawing out an emoji, basically. The one that's kind of like putting your fingers together. I'm sorry I ate your cookie.
4: Like a Christmas gift that would have been sold out like like two years in advance and people would get into fights over at christmas stores
0: we're so stoked to have you megan you're you're known around the gold club i would say for being the like i mean well it really you wrote your own joke and it is how you are is that you're a mix of kimmy schmidt and a golden retriever and that is such a delightful energy to have especially for me personally i think um around gold slash life i'm like a little uh ryan sardonic and like uh clouds and freaking rain it's what i love about you tessa
1: it's what i love about you don't worry
0: personality (laughs) so to have a person with your energy around is great how so how's uh comedy going for you recently what's anything anything coming up any uh musical things perhaps
4: started going back to in-person shows which is a trip it's very cool because we're definitely like here at least we're definitely like like back to total normal as far as i can tell however long that lasts for i'm sure there will be like a fourth wave or something but for right now it's just happening now yeah 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 so that's that's super nutty because like getting up on stage and like having to think about like shoes and like anything below my waist that I have to wear <laughs> and like actually like driving and paying for parking and arriving somewhere I was like what how did people do this all the time <laughs> and then meeting other comedians and not being able to like go on mute when you feel socially awkward right. I'm dead or you need to
0: like mumble something about their set so <laughs> yeah
4: funny. yeah like oh you're so funny white man <laughs> oh,
1: man nice
0: yeah it's hard when joke. you can't like
4: walk
1: away from interactions with comics that you're like you know what it was nice meeting you but we don't have so much in common you can't do that right. the way you can
4: resume. <laughs> yeah and it's funny because like i come from the theater community like i was raised in musical theater uh among and dance and stuff <laughs> bragging um <laughs> slight flex you know what i mean <laughs> 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 i don't know if i used it right <laughs> yeah there you go yes uh, well, we just, uh, yes
0: you used <laughs> it learning right. how to use uwu on, I but I love on it. It.
4: teach me i'm 38 teach me everything
0: <laughs> no way sorry okay we don't have to do this whole bit but you're 38 yeah
4: oh my that's god crazy. that's crazy you do
1: not have 38
4: dude.
0: vibes
4: oh thank you i will take that as a compliment and just you
1: have like at like tops 30 vibes oh tops. thank you
4: oh thanks that's yeah. crazy probably because wow, i spent gosh. most of my 20s just like in a fetal position on my bed so i feel like i'm just like making up for it
0: <laughs> okay Wait, so, so that's it amazing can, it
4: can get better
0: is it what totally I'm can
1: gathering.
4: 100%. I need to hear about that too. I feel like I need the turning 30. Well, my 30th birthday was actually brutal, but um and I am so excited for 40. That makes me so
1: happy. I feel like you spend all of your twenties being like, there it is, it's slipping, there it
4: is, it's yeah. slipping. Life is slipping. Dude, just like use your collagen while it's there, you know. Yeah. No, I there's mean, you that have amazing collagen. Chance. Your for skin real. looks incredible. So I don't really know. Oh my god, thank you. I don't drink alcohol, like, there's, I don't drink a lot, and I don't eat a lot, and so I think that, um... <laughs> you don't eat a lot? Sugar. Like, like, crap oh, food. Okay. Yeah, it. I was like, you need to eat. <laughs> right. For
1: sure. <laughs> um, anyway, so sorry. Uh, back you to were, music. <laughs> you were, you were, you were raised in the musical theater community. Yeah,
4: right. I was raised in the musical theater community, and so, um, there's just, like, there it's kind of like the energy that I just naturally carry is kind of like given in musical theater community. And in fact, like I was always like the low one and musical theater is a bit much I find as a general
0: rule (laughs) finally you said said said. it not (laughs) me you said it not
4: me (laughs) I co-signed that statement they're they're my people but oh my goodness and so when I found comedy it was like so weird to be the anomaly of like being a hugger I remember when I started going to stand (laughs) up and hugging people and like like literally like the fear and the resentment that would just show up in people's eyes I'd be like I'm so sorry oh my god I don't know else how yeah. to interact this is the only way that i know how to no, show no one stand up is
0: happy with their lives you know? <laughs> right okay. stand-up comedians not huggers no <laughs> no but so now you so when you do one of these shows that are in person what have you been you have like a musical <clears throat> comedy act or
4: um yeah i'm working on it you know it's funny because like i was raised as a I I was a writer and I always used to write songs as a kid, but then, um, you know, I guess you just kind of have to make a choice or at least I picked that up somewhere along the way that it was like writing or performing. You had to pick one picked like the performing, um, theater kid aspect and totally forgot about like literally genuinely forgot that I was a writer. And then, um, uh, I had like a big accident. I got hit by a car when I was 22 and um, yeah. And it was pretty intense. Oh, so you were literally lying in fetal position for (laughs) for part of it. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there were a couple of years there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But also metaphorically. Yeah. And so that like really crashed the dance, which also really impeded my ability to like stand in rehearsal for long periods of time. Yeah. So then what happened was um, I saw a psychic, (laughs) (laughs) as you do, who told me that I should focus on writing. And at the time, I was considering writing a solo fringe show, but I hadn't really, like, done anything about it. And she, like, looked at my palm and she, like, grasped it. And she was like, you must write. It is what you're supposed to do. And I was like, okay, oh, drama." hell yeah, dude. Awesome. It was proper, too. It was, like, like, she had, like, the crystal ball and it was, like, this little caravan off to the side that I'm pretty sure only appeared for the time my friend and I were there and then, like, disappeared into the ethereal distance and never appeared again that's pretty baller it was pretty great yeah and so then um uh I know you asked me a simple question and I'm giving you a 25 minute (laughs) answer but uh but she she gave me um that uh, uh I had that and then um and then I started to like write storytelling and I focused a lot on storytelling um and then I had a really big breakup and then was back to fetal position crying. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to be sad drinking alcohol, I might as well be sad um, drinking alcohol in public. And um, and anyway, all of that to say that when I focused on like storytelling and stand up, I realized that um, I was. uh that I was like really like, her, like missing the, the music component, but I had really fallen in love with doing comedy. Um, but I hadn't even considered musical comedy as like a, like a path. Like I didn't even know it existed um, until I connected with um, my musical theater writing partner who got me onto Tim Minchin. And I was like, I just saw, you know when you just see someone and you're just like that, <laughs> I, want, I want that. I don't know how to do it, but I want that. So to, to, uh, provide a thesis to my, um, uh, thesis, um, th- that <laughs> I started writing musical comedy. Um, and it was like really hard and scary cause I'd never written music before, but the first time that I performed it, I felt this inner like, yes, like I heard my soul just be like, yes. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So, um, so in the past couple <clears> of <throat> years, I've just been like starting to dance with like, do I, how much musical comedy, how much storytelling, how much stand up do I do? So mm-hmm. the, the short answer to your question is I have no idea what my musical <laughs> act is, like if I even have an act that I necessarily do. But I have like three or four songs that I like really, really love right now. And then I'm f- writing a whole bunch more at the moment. So it's starting mm-hmm. to like, yeah. flow out of me. And so what
0: you've mentioned, uh, fringe fest, fringe festivals slash fringe. What is that? Is that like a genre or?
4: Oh, yeah. Okay. so the Fringe Festival and I'll speak for the Canadian Association of Fringe Festivals specifically. Yeah, because don't speak for America on this podcast. Oh, to to be fair, there are some American cities that are part of the CAF, the Canadian Association of Fringe Festivals. Um, that. But the thing that makes the calf different from, like, other fringe, which you can't see because it's a podcast, but I'm doing air quotes, that's different from fringe. And as a brief aside, just because I like to educate people on this, the um, Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which I'm sure you've heard of. Yes? Yes, I have. Okay, yeah. So the Edinburgh Fringe Festival was started... Um, in the forties by a bunch of people who wanted to apply to the Edinburgh theater festival. And the theater festival was like, well, you can't apply until you have credits, but you can't get credits unless you're picked and apply. Mm. And so it was like this vicious cycle. And they were like, well, this is BS. So they went off and they started their own fringe festival, like on the fringe, like on the side, Um, Mm -hmm. which of course now has morphed into this like big, corporate-y kind of event, um, Mm -hmm. but it costs a lot of money. That's the thing about, like, the Edinburgh is that it's a great opportunity and anyone can do it, but there is a huge financial barrier to doing it. In the 70s, in Edmonton, uh, Edmonton, Alberta. Canada. Canada. um, (laughs) uh, Edmonton had a major oil boom, and so they had a lot of (laughs) money in the city, Stick with me. Classic Canada. (laughs) Classic Canada. Classic prairies. Alberta is like the Nebraska of Canada. But uh, yeah, but they had a lot of money and they put their money into, um, they were like, what can we invest this in? And so they decided to invest in the arts and culture. And so what they did was they saw Edinburgh's festival and they were like, okay, let's do that festival model but we'll change it a bit so that instead of artists having to like pay a bunch of money to the venues and do all the organizing, they decided to do the organizing themselves and allow the artists to pay a really small nominal fee instead of like, like tens of thousands of dollars, which is what you had to pay in Edinburgh. And then you wouldn't get any money, really. You'd get like a very piddly amount of money back. Whereas the fringe here, you pay only like, five or $600, maybe tops, but that gives you a venue. It gives you like six to eight dates. It gives you basic marketing in the program <clears throat> and it gives you a hundred percent of box office proceeds. Huge FYI for, and it's and like the international component of all of our fringe festivals are really cool. So um, it's all lottery based instead of just um, financially based. So you, you basically pay 50 bucks, you get your name drawn in a hat. If you get drawn, um, you get a spot at the fringe and all of the calf festivals talk to each other. So they all communicate so that it's totally feasible for an artist to take a show or a group of artists to go from one end of the continent to the other. And again, there are some American cities on there, too. So some people can loop down. So you just start in the east at the beginning of the summer, and you end up by September in like Vancouver, Victoria, um, and you can pretty much make a living um, at doing your art full time, all like entrepreneurially. Cool. Dude. That's amazing.
0: That's insane. Yeah. Well, I really need to hear about your managing of a, a tour of a band, a touring yeah, band across, I mean, across the nation.
1: The thing is that, the thing is that, like, when you were talking about your musical theater background, the only thing I could think of, I don't know if you feel this way, Megan, but I feel like musical theater and, like, the band scene or, like, however people act in bands are almost antithetical. Like, they feel oppositional to each other and not because one is high energy and one is low energy. I would say they're both high energy, but just so different. Um and I want to hear, you know, from your perspective how that's felt because you're obviously speaking so kindly and so with so much information and knowledge about these festivals and musical theater and this this entire scene and I I just feel like the band scene is so can is so not that sometimes so I'm wondering yeah. um what it was like
4: for you. Well, Let's be clear. It's a Celtic rock band from Spain. Oh, oh my
0: god, <laughs> that is so many adjectives. It's a bit much.
4: Uh, it's cool. It's cool. So it's it's slight. It's a slightly skewed perspective. Um, and he himself, his name's Carlos Nunez. Look him up. There's a lot of videos of him on YouTube playing the pipe. And he's an excellent musician, like excellent musician. They always are. With a nice, um, a nice balding patch, like business in the front and then party in the back. Like he really loves the long flowing locks in the back. And, um, and there's a lot of him. This is more of a visual demonstration, but I'll see if I can narrate it for the audio listeners it's uh so he plays the the pipes multiple pipes but we'll just go with like the small <laughs> pipes of the bagpipes and he's super into it and then he taps his foot as he's going and um like uh, very energetically up and down and uh and he's like a full-on rock star in the wow. celtic folk music spanish tradition <laughs> How did you land such a gig? Like, right? My mother, um, she. So I grew up Highland dancing, so I like grew up very Celtic. <laughs> people always call it Scottish dancing, and it's not Scottish country dancing is different, and it's not river dance, guys. Nope. If you're thinking, you is it river either. dance? The answer is no. They're different. <laughs> that is Irish dancing, and it's not the big like feshy Irish people have the feshes and they have like they wear the wigs and like makeup and glamour and glitz and like the pretty skirts and highland is not that (laughs) highland dance is a bit of an overrated it's a um it's a bit of a misnomer to call it dance god damn come for their throats like yeah yeah there's like steps that you must do and if you don't you get disqualified like that right anyway Um, So my mom was a, um, a she like produces Celtic performing arts um, activities um, in like Vancouver and Victoria and just like the lower Mainland area around here. And so she had brought him in from Spain and I was like helping at one of her events doing some stage managing and stuff backstage. And then they were looking for a tour manager. And so they basically just like picked me up and they were like, let's get you a visa. Kind of incredible and
1: random, the way most of these jobs often are. So random.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so what was the experience like? Uh, You know, goods, bads, uglies?
4: Um, on the whole, awful. Oh, shit. Oh, no. But, like, I'm so glad I did it because I learned so much.
1: Yes. I mean, that's always, I feel like that's the reframe people do when things went poorly.
4: You know what I mean? Yeah. I learned so (laughs) much. (laughs) Um, That's going to be me on my deathbed of like, it was fine, but I learned.
1: (laughs) Right. Wait, but what what made it so
4: terrible? The anxiety of the job was really high. And I think they hired me because of my people skills and my like, quote unquote, soft skills. And they were like, we'll train you with the hard stuff and the technical stuff. But they were actually like not, not as, it was a lot of learning on the job of things that I really had no business doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it was stuff that like, not only was I not good at it, but I also like didn't want to get good at it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I know the feeling.
4: And then the other part of that is that there's like, there was no room for error because like a tour Mm -hmm. manager's job is so thankless. Like whenever I see a tour manager now, like if I meet a touring band or something, I'm just like, I bow. <laughs> you are the hardest worker of all of this. Backstage stuff, it's organizing. Um a lot of my job was getting wristbands for groupies to come to festivals oh, to hang out no. with the guys they had in the band. <laughs> That's, their groupies must have been so specific. Although sometimes, because it was all dudes in the band, sometimes it would be nice and I would like make a friend. (laughs) It would be like, I'm (laughs) so in love with him and I don't know why. No, wait, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of conversations with that of like... But that was the part I was good at. I was like, I can hug a lady friend. That I could do.
1: I'm dead. Not a hugger lady friend. I'm a hugger. You <laughs> are a hugger. <laughs> a, hugger. a hugger. Are band people, well, circling back to the hugger um, dilemma with comics, are band people huggers, do you think?
4: God, it depends, right? I was live streaming Coachella all all weekend, and, like, Maggie Rogers is probably for sure a hugger. The more famous that you get, like, it's funny, because I worked for J-Lo once, like, I did some backstage what? work for J-Lo, oh yeah. Oh, my God, Megan. <laughs> I remember there was this moment where they were, like, like, we had to, like, sign a writer saying, like, I will not look at J-Lo in the eyes. Like, you're yeah, no. we with, yeah.
1: Why? Why can't you look at her? Is she Medusa? You're going to turn to stone? You'll turn to
4: stone. (laughs) We went, why'd we go to the same place? (laughs) I don't know. We're so weird and wry. On some level, I do get it because being an introvert myself, like I can imagine the more famous that you get, like the more exhausting it is because it's like people think they know you and they kind of do because you show yourself out there. And so there like there's this unevenness to the interaction yeah Mm -hmm. so in that sense and there's there's a lot of crazy people also but do you feel like j-lo is an introvert maybe i don't know i mean that could be taking it to the extreme she also had a private it was like a one-day event and she had like a private chef come in for the morning and like make her her breakfast and her lunch in her dressing room what was your role um i was a wrangler So I was uh, just, like, escorting talent from the dressing room to the the stage for this event. I feel like you would be really good at that for some reason. Thanks! I've done (laughs) quite a few wrangling jobs, actually. Yeah, I've met quite a few famous people. You've done some fun jobs, it seems like. Or learning moments, I guess. (laughs) Why do you feel
0: like you're terrible
1: with them, celebrities?
4: Only the ones that I get, like, tongue-tied around. Like, the ones that... Like, I met Macklemore, and Macklemore had like (laughs) changed my life. Like, for real? Changed my life. Yeah, his music kept me alive for a year. And I just remember meeting him. (laughs) Macklemore actually was a lot more gracious about it, but Ryan Lewis, I remember meeting Ryan Lewis, and bless them, they had taken the train from Seattle like really early that morning, and they were so tired, and all they wanted to do was sleep. And as a Wrangler, you just got to be like pro, like profesh, right? Like just keep it. And I just remember like I was standing in the room and I was so frozen and like Ryan was like sleeping on a couch and he had like a towel over his eyes and he was just like, you know, 20 minutes until I had to go on stage and I was like totally hovering (laughs) just that awkward (laughs) like like just like leering over him (laughs) he he kind of like raises uh like one part of the face cloth and like looks up with his eye and he's just like yeah (laughs) it's just like Oh. oh my god thanks so much for your music it, it was life-changing.
0: You're honestly, genuinely the first person I've ever heard say this about Macklemore.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, what, I'm just like, what songs specifically, like, which, you know what I mean? Because I feel like I hear, everyone makes a meme out of Macklemore, but I'm happy yeah. to meet a fan who genuinely respects
4: and loves him. Well, because he's in recovery, um, like the whole album, I guess in 2012, the, um, the heist. Is he? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. big time. At least he was in 2012. Who who knows now? Interesting. But, um, but I, like, I was just going through some like really deep life stuff. Actually, one of it was, I was like, I turned 30. And so like 2012, like my 29th year, there was, there was a big Saturn's return going on and there was a lot of shakedowns sure. happening. I can't yeah. believe I can't as you
1: say that you turned 30 in 2013, I'm actually short circuiting. Viewer, (laughs) if you don't because viewer, you I mean listener, sorry, you're not even a viewer. Listener, I can't emphasize enough how young Megan looks. And it's not even on some like, oh my God, this is such a huge like, I'm making a scene out of it. It's just crazy because <laughs> I'm looking at Megan, and she's like, I turned 30 in 2013, and I like, don't believe you. Like, I'm like, you're lying. You're lying. <laughs> um, oh my crazy. god, thank you. No, I mean, it's not even so much of a compliment as it is me processing, so I...
0: It's, it's really us accusing you of being a liar on this podcast. Right, we are of. like, you're
1: lying. Well, what I
4: can say yeah. to the listeners is emotional immaturity will get you everywhere, so... Amazing. Yeehaw.
0: Well, Megan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk to us about bands and music and Macklemore. Is there anything you would like to plug uh, before you leave us, like social media or a show?
4: Yeah, I'm. I actually, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know how much I can talk about it in public, but I, I've started working with a couple Love. of mentors recently, and so there's just a lot of like mm-hmm. really cool career stuff that's on the brink of happening.
1: Oh, Megan said big things coming. Right. Megan said, watch this
4: space. Watch this (laughs) space. So, um, at Meg Nat Phil. So people always think it's Megan Phil and it's not. It's Meg Nat because my middle name is Natalie. Meg Nat Phil. Uh Mm -hmm. Well, we'll throw, we'll throw
0: your, uh, your handles down in the notes section below. And thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you around the club. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back after these uh, commercials about horse care materials.
3: Hi, it's me, Lynn, founder of Gold Comedy. You and I met before when we were talking about soup. Well, I founded Gold because I believe that comedy is power. Because when you make people laugh, you make people listen. I want to make sure that everybody listens to women and non-binary folks. The Gold Comedy Club is an all-inclusive comedy world with women and non-binary folks right at the center. Your annual subscription includes classes, celebrity Q&As, performances, practice, and collaboration, all in a safe, ad-free community of people who get you and your jokes. So join us to amplify your voice, literally with a mic, at club.goldcomedy.com
0: welcome back to this covid fueled episode of but i'm tess um we're back with our second guest of the episode we are so excited to bring him on um he is first and foremost uh my fucking brother from uh college improv team cheap socks shout out them if they listen. I don't know. It's fine if they don't. Um, He is also currently right now between bands. He was in like probably the most popular band at our college, House Cat. You can stream their stuff on Spotify. And he is a comedian. He's a musician. He's a freaking baller. Please welcome Caleb. Hey. Hi, Caleb. (laughs) Welcome on.
2: (laughs) Sorry. I've never said hey like that in my life before. <laughs> um thank What's you for having up? me. Uh Absolutely. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: So between bands, what is that what is that looking like?
2: Yeah, well, you know, uh it's interesting. Yeah, so like you said, I was in this band House Cat and we were doing like a funk kind of thing, like pop, and then COVID kind of destroyed it sadly. Mm. Um but people still listen to the songs. I, I check like the metrics every now and then, and there. So if you're listening to this, go. You're you probably on Spotify, so go listen to that, and just forget mm-hmm. the podcast. Um, but no. Then I moved to New York. <laughs> I moved to New York after I graduated. Cue it up. Cue it up. Uh, after I graduated, and that band had kind of fallen apart, and I'm now like kind of dipping my toes into this new music scene here and trying to decide what I want to do. But it's it's lush with opportunity, so it's very exciting.
1: Um, listener, I'd like you all to know that our boy boss, Caleb here, um, (laughs) someone who I love very dearly, we had a conversation a few days ago that was so crazy where Caleb was like, I can't even rest. I can't take a minute to watch TV because there's so much for me to do. And you may be between bands, but the bands are trying to nab you. And I want to know. As a boy boss on the band scene, thank you, alliteration, how that feels for you. (laughs) Um,
2: Yes, this is true. I feel... Well, I think it's interesting because like everyone... Okay, here's something that's different. In college, you know, we took it pretty seriously, but like we're obviously students. Then you get to the real world and things are tough because some people are like musician, musicians, like that's their career, like they... You know, they're not, they're they're doing it seriously. And then there's some people who are like totally just screwing around. And then there's sort of like that whole spectrum of, I'm not sure exactly where I fall. um, But I found that it's a little bit harder to get people on the same page. Like uh, there's a drummer I met and he's great, but uh, he's taking, he's much more serious about it. You know, he's not going to come to rehearsal unless he's getting paid. Um, So there's always sort of varying levels of priority. Um, What does it feel like to be the hottest musician in New York right now? Uh, Sure, I'll answer that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm laughing because it's so
2: true. um, uh, It's, well, I don't think it's true, but I am having a lot of fun. Everybody is so nice, and I feel like an outpouring of uh, musical ideas. And it's just like there's not enough time to do everything I want to do. And there's so many. I just performed. I have a performance on Monday, next Monday some show with like this other artist. This is another thing I didn't really realize. You don't need to have a band to go out and play. Like I've been getting DMs and people who are like, oh, just like come, and then we do two rehearsals at some rehearsal space somewhere, and then we do the show I do their set with them and we kind of arrange it for a live show. And I've done that twice now, um, and that's super fun. One of those on Monday. Uh, but there's so many performance opportunities, it's insane. Um, so, yeah, it feels it's fun. I, I do feel busy. And my poor piano playing hands ache, but I feel good.
0: Oh, yeah. The ache. <laughs> <laughs> so can you going backwards a little bit, can you sure. talk about what it was like to be in a band? Yeah. Um, like, you know, any pros, any cons, totally. any <laughs> any tea? Yeah. I also the, just it's such a band tea.
1: Yeah, it seems like such a funny experience and I want to know about the archetypes and the personalities. <laughs> okay. And I just want the drama, like you're being so earnest and okay, it's yeah, sweet, I'll, I'll give you but some drama. I do need a bit of drama. <laughs> our <laughs> fans love drama. We do need drama.
2: Being a band, Being in a band is weird. I've been in a couple bands in my life, all the way from like, oh, you're in middle school and we're just kind of going to someone's basement and rehearsing after school. To this, which is much more, feels more professional, you have to put on this face. Um, and there are some things that are just completely the same, no matter what, you know, same as when we were in middle school. Um, people have big egos. Musicians have crazy egos. That's a big archetype. Um, like, uh, it depends. Some people are, are good, but some people, you, like, have an idea or you hear something and you're like, I'm not sure exactly if that's right. Or maybe you could try this and they, you can't tell them like they won't take it. I've had seen people walk out and I've seen people like they, (laughs) it's very tied up in the, uh, in the, in the self, in the self image. Um, Mm. Let's see. That's an archetype. There's like, Oh, you know, there's like people who are really into music theory. And then there are people who are really not. (laughs) I don't know exactly where I fall on that, but, uh, some people who I don't
0: understand what music theory is, and I don't know if you can explain the whole thing right now. Like it sounds pretty goddamn complex, but it's like,
2: like a bunch of yeah, it's like a bunch of rules, or not even rules. So music is like invisible. This is what I love about music. It's invisible, and you can't touch it, and it's it's not anything that there could be rules about because it's like made up. Um, that's my feeling about music. But people, I think, generally don't like the feeling of trying to tackle something that is amorphous and terrifying and invisible. So there's tons of rules and categorizations and like, uh, you know, guidelines and best practices and ways of talking about things. And it's just to kind of get people on the same page. But it's kind of like, you know, it's like, oh, music is a language. Um, Mm. It's like grammar. It's like. It's, it's important and when it comes down to it, you do know it and it is important to convey what you're trying to say. But you can say something a hundred different ways without uh, thinking about the grammar, or if you get the grammar perfectly right. And so there's the people who are really into music theory are like the kid in your English class. Actually, I don't know any kids like that. Some kid who like. No,
0: there was a kid in my English
2: <laughs> class, though, who was into music
1: theory. But the like only who, people yeah. I really know who can. Sorry, go ahead. I mean I was going to say the only people who I can really who I really think can talk about music in that way is like you and our mutual friends. So I don't know. Yeah. Exactly what you mean, but I feel like I'm getting the gist and I'm wondering what your most annoying story like story of your most annoying music theory
0: bro Oh my
2: god. is
0: Well, I also want to know what the professors of that class are like, because it seems like they could either be super freaking awesome or the worst.
2: Professor question and the like, who's the the worst music theory story? It's kind of the same. They're all. This is what I mean. Like by no matter what your age is, I feel like these. My professor was just like this kid in a band that I was in in middle school with. Like they had the same sort of intense rule following stress about this must be right and we must well if we're here and if we're playing this rhythm then we have to do this we couldn't possibly like people are very strict about it. it's very weird a big part of the band scene is the jam session lots of bands start this way i think this is how house cat started um totally some band practices will devolve into a jam sometimes you just like oh you play music you play music let's jam and this can mean tons of different things Um, and this is in the jam is when you see the worst sides of people, or I think for me, it's where you see if they're like a good musician in the sense of not like, oh, can they play their instrument well? But are they like a nice person who listens, which is, I think what it means to be a good musician. A lot of the times the answer is no. It's like a classic jam. Like you'll go, you'll bring your equipment, you'll lug it over there, you'll set up. And then there's, you know, let's say you're going somewhere. You haven't met any of the, the people there yet. You gotta seem cool. You gotta seem like relaxed. You gotta seem like you don't, uh, you don't care that much. Like, oh, that cable? Yeah, yeah, I'll plug that in. Yeah, no worries. Oh, this? <laughs> no, it's not a problem. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll turn my keyboard on. Nah, eh, whatever. It can play with it off. Whatever. Why not? Um, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Uh, and you sort of like you sort of like vibe everyone out. Like, there's the person who's like intensely unwrapping his cables and keeping everything very organized. The person with like music everywhere who like doesn't know where they are, who like, Oh, I broke a string. Like, Oh, sorry. I have to tune. I have to tune. Sorry. <laughs> um, and that, but, and this is all unspoken. I think you walk in and everyone's setting up and you kind of like, kind of gauge like, all right, that guy is like this. That person's like this. That's step one. Step two. All right. You're all settled. I've plugged everything in my pedal. The guitarist is ready. The drummer's there. And then you got to decide what to play. Sometimes you have musicians who are too afraid to stray from anything they don't already know, so they they kind of throw things out casually. like, Do you know uh, this song? But obviously, they <laughs> already know that song, and that's why they're suggesting it. Um,
0: right? You know. LOL. Oh, do you know? Do you
2: know "Let It Be"? Just a little song by the Beatles. Like I'm not sure oh, if you by know. John that. <laughs> by John Super Lemon. Super
1: indie, very underground yeah. Um, um, hit. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. 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 So that's I that's I love
0: the Beebles. one type
2: of person. Eventually, you pick some. Some people just start like they're like, "Follow me, follow me," and they just start like grooving on something. And you gotta. You do know, you not find your, that not like,
1: annoying, Jazzy? Do jazzy. you find that annoying if people are like, "Just follow me, just follow the progression, just follow where I'm um, going"? Do you I not don't find know. that irritating, or do you think do you welcome that, or are you that,
2: Caleb? Uh, maybe I'm. <laughs> I'm definitely more that <laughs> than. Let's play Let It Be. I find that more irritating. (laughs) I'm like, we're not jamming. We're just like rehearsing a song that you are already good at. And we all look (laughs) bad. (laughs) And you feel great about yourself. Um, I think I'm more into like the jamming. It's kind of fun.
0: It's so cool to see people do that too. Like it's very impressive when someone is just like, you know, jump in and – you're as an audience member, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how could you possibly just jump in? Yeah, it's a little like improv, Caleb.
2: It's exactly. <laughs> yeah, like it's improv. just a little this... something
0: you guys do, like improv. <laughs> <laughs> when you're listening to this podcast listener, every time that I bring up my improv uh doing take a shot. Doing, eat, take a shot. <laughs> um or take a lap.
2: Yeah, whatever you want Um Caleb, you
0: what's mean. your you you're so you're Main instrument, I think, is piano, right? Yeah. But are you versed in other other instruments? Oh, my God.
2: I definitely want things? to be. And if you're listening to this and you want someone who can do it all, then t- take out your headphones you. at this point because <laughs> I'm your guy.
0: <laughs> can you stop telling people to stop listening I mean, to no, this no! no don't turn it off.
2: Just take out your headphones for a second <laughs> right. while I confess oh, okay. that I <laughs> – well, <while> I confess <laughs> that I – I can play a little bit of guitar. I can sing and I can play the piano. And that is about it. Um,
0: that's enough.
2: Oh my God. Some people can do, I I talked to my band director in high school once. I was like, how do you become a band director? I don't think I want to do that, but I was just curious. And he was like, you have to go to college and learn every instrument, like how to play it, which is insane. Uh, that's like (laughs) like how to play it. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, those are my, those are my main, uh, but I, you know, anything can be an instrument.
0: So freaking true. Snapping.
1: What can I? I have a hypothetical for you, Caleb, because yeah. I've always wondered what would happen if you, or if this has happened to you. I have seen your quote-unquote jam sessions
0: uh-huh. with peers,
1: <laughs> and I like to. I like to sit in them. I used to like to sit in them anthropologically, like just mm-hmm. like observing. <laughs> The dynamics. Also, take a
0: shot when Trina brings up anthropology. It's the worst. It's the worst. It's my worst
1: trait, and I do it every day, and I do it all the time, and it's not fair. And I, I love it. I, I personally can't. I love can't it. keep living this way, but it is the only way I know how, and so I will <laughs> proceed. Which is to say that I love just observing the dynamics, and someone just flushes out a few chords on the piano, and then someone's like. Oh, yeah. And then there's like a little bit of humming that's like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, whoa. Yeah. And it's uh-huh. like, oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. And, and I love that. That was actually, that's like, a, that's my hit single that's coming out. And I guess I'm wondering when you first start playing in in a group and it's with a bunch of people that you don't know, and someone's trying to join the jam. Okay, but they might not be musically proficient in the way that you are. Mm -hmm. And so they can't actually jump in in the same way. But they're really trying. It's so hard. I think think in order to jam, there's a a level of musicality you just really innately have to have. Like you have to be able to just improvise and not necessarily need music in front of you. Improvise. No, improvise. Yes, Tessa, that's for you. Um, and like shot. move between lap. keys and not really worry about where you're landing and still be able to jump off from any point. And if you meet a musician who is a musician, but really needs kind of maybe like some sheet music, for example, what do you do when someone like that is trying to join in? Because that is my worst nightmare, it's, um, yeah. as a person that is that. And just like, well, I was going to say, Trina,
2: you are a musician. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: band kid band yes unfortunately i am an orchestra kid sorry orchestra the issue the issue but this is why i'm bringing up this hypothetical because yes totally i am and totally i love music so much but i am not a master (laughs) of the jam like i very much like to follow yeah um you know a lot of a lot of you know, just like baseline written music. And I think that's really different. And so I'm wondering if you have ever had a circumstance where someone who maybe isn't so self-aware is trying to join in (laughs) on the jam.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And what you've done. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting question because, so I went, when I was really young, I went to this like summer program for like where I played piano and I don't know, I was, I was the youngest person there. Essentially Sounds like
0: band camp.
2: Shut up. (laughs) Um, It is band
0: program. program.
2: The summer program where we just happen to play music, but it's not a big deal. uh Uh (laughs) And I thought it was so interesting because I was the youngest person there by a couple years. And I was by far the worst person there. Um, except for in one of the classes, which was the improvising class, where I excelled and (laughs) And nobody else could do it. And I was shocked. I didn't have a big exposure to, you know, I was sitting there feeling terrible about myself this whole time because these people were great piano players and they could like play anything that was put in front of them. And I was feeling terrible about myself. Uh, And then in this one class, these amazing, amazing musicians couldn't play a note. And it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. I, it didn't compute in my brain. And I think I, I was like maybe 12. I think I learned like it's the same way sort of I'm a little better now. But back then, if you would put a piece of sheet music in front of me, it would, you know, I wouldn't have been able to play a note. Um, it would have been awful. I would have, you know, had got red and itchy and stressful and sweating. And um, <laughs> so what does it feel like? What do I do when that happens? It happens all the time. Happened last night. I was playing with some people and there was someone who just was so enthusiastic and just wasn't hitting it. And you have to, I think in the like jazz school scene, people get pretty mean. Uh, And I'm always trying to be nice. Like, I don't know. At the end of the day, they're trying to hang out with you, you know? Like that's all this is. Yeah. And you have to like, so maybe you simplify. Maybe you, you talk about it and you like give them a specific part. Or you let them lead because you have the skills to follow them and, and make it sound good, and maybe they can't jump in on something you're doing. Um, so that's yeah. what I'll do, but that happens all the time, and it's kind of awkward because also you don't want to come off as like you really. I really get stressed about coming off as like a total like jerk. I don't want to.
0: You never have a single day in your life come off as a jerk uh,
2: (laughs) because I'm so anxious about it, Um, and I don't want to be like I don't want to be like, "Hey, man, like, you know, lay off if you can't play it," or like, "Should we do something easier?" Or like, I don't want to, you know. Um. So it's a lot of like it's a lot of like, what can I do to like make this better? Because also, it it sucks to listen to music that's not good, especially when you're playing it. Like the sound (laughs) just sounds bad.
1: Biggest takeaway.
2: Especially because jams last forever. They last like, you know, it's like 25 minutes. And if someone's not meshing, <laughs> it's like torture.
0: And you can pick them out too.
2: That oh, feels yeah. so
1: crazy to me to hear you say that you started off as an improvis- improvisationalist. Man, hello. World. I hate that I had to do all of that. But it's <laughs> that you were <laughs> need improvising me to you before you were reading sheet music because... I feel like that is so. Like I feel like in my head it goes like you have to master the sheet music stuff before you you even have the like sensibility to improvise like that. And now you like compose music, like you mm-hmm. like write music, now and I'm, you like, write writing scores, music
2: on sheet music. Yeah,
1: and that's that's like such that's so that's literally crazy. Listener, isn't that crazy? Like, I I mean, I'm saying nothing. That but. is
2: crazy, but I think I think the craziest thing this is like. If I had to give like a five-minute speech on anything, I think it would be this. Well, it may be a lot of things, but it might also be this. Um,
0: (laughs) Give us your TED Talk.
2: (laughs) Which is like, I think the way we teach music is completely wrong. I think it's backwards. Yes.
0: Speak
1: on it, babe.
2: And I think, obviously, (laughs) like reading notes, I wish I'd learned that earlier. Because I suffered for not having known that earlier. However, it's so like linear, like right now you like go through your primer and you learn this and you learn all the notes and then you do like, Oh my God, you do a Bach piece and it's crazy. And then you venture into like jazz, which like, you know, because it's quote unquote harder or because it incorporates improvisation. I feel like everyone, even like my mother who is tone deaf, if she's listening, I love you, but you are so, she knows so tone deaf. (laughs) Um, she like she has like a musicality to her. Like everyone has it. I really think that. And I think you discourage people because you like you're like, "All right, we'll, we'll put it to the test. Read this, like play this hard thing. I'm going to turn this thing that we all mm. have into like math and like logic problems."
1: <laughs> That's funny. As you when you're 6 years so old much.
2: and see if you stick with it and no one does it and then when you get older you get insecure. It's when all your insecurities come in. And then you're like, "Well, I couldn't <laughs> I was bad at music. Like, no, you weren't. You were bad at that. I think it should be done the reverse. I think we should start by building people's musical confidence by letting them like learning a song that they know from the radio and like having them figure it out and like sing along to it and feel like how awesome music is or like making something up or like literally anything. It's there are no rules. And then say they'll get the bug. They'll love it. And then say, you love it? Here's some more stuff that you'll find interesting now because you already care about this instead of the reverse. That's my TED Talk.
1: That's beautiful. And this is why, listener, Caleb is one of the, I would say, three... Or for maybe white boys, I keep in my life because how can you not love a boy boss like Caleb? I mean, like I know we here at Gold we center the margins, we center the girlies, yes. we center the day them. Absolutely. But then sometimes a boy boss comes along and changes <laughs> yeah. how you feel about music, and it's just such a gift. Thank high you. retention, Caleb. low
0: acceptance. <laughs> I'm not,
2: yeah, it's like an elite Absolutely. private school. Being friends with <laughs> so, <laughs> Caleb,
0: one last very important, incredibly important question yeah. um, before we let you go back to your very busy life. Um, that sounded sarcastic, but it actually is. <laughs> um,
2: super busy life what, with tons to do.
0: How do you, what maketh the good band name and how do you come up with them? Such a good and question. And do you think about wow. them often? Because yes. I love coming okay. up with band names.
1: And also I, how did House Cat happen? The name? I'm I mean
2: yes. Did Housecat happen? Okay, let's see. I feel like I'm bad at band names. I'm writing all these songs right now and I want to release them and I don't know what to do. Like, should I use my name? Should I come up with a name? Should I I don't know.
1: You should use your name. You're ca- you could just be Caleb, all lowercase. The, you know what? Like that, the yeah. I feel like people will eat that up. Caleb, all lowercase. But there's, I feel like there's already you know like I mean? four of those. You could spell it out. You could spell out Caleb, all lowercase.
2: Caleb, all lowercase. <laughs> that's <laughs> anyway. so
1: funny. Wait, Tessa, that's so funny. Caleb, all lowercase is really funny. That is me. kind of funny. Sorry,
2: I'd that stream. A, I do, so I keep a list of <laughs> things that I might use like for my own th- stuff. I think it has to be something that like people feel cool saying. Like you wouldn't want to call it like I don't know, something lame, like Prius dot com. Dictionary. Yeah. Dictionary <laughs> fire.
0: <laughs> Prius.com.
2: <laughs> I don't know. You'd want it to it. I think be like yeah, the best sleek.
0: Yes. Roll off the tongue. Roll off type the tongue, thing.
2: but also be like, oh like I'm part of a group. Like I know this bit. Oh, you know, um do you know Bowling Pin? Yeah, they're awesome. Like, oh you don't know them? <laughs>
1: But I feel like you sleek, don't sleek can mean so many different things. Like a wet seal is technically, you know, on for all intents and purposes is quite sleek. You
2: don't but think wet seal is a good band in? I'd listen
1: mm-hmm. to it, to be honest. Okay, wow. <laughs> wet seal. Oh wow. I guess I'm like a contrarian among no, this crew but... because I don't think wet seal
0: is awesome. But um
2: well, what's wet like
0: wet anything, I think I'd listen to it. What's like a okay. band like what's your
2: favorite band, Trina? Right now.
0: Here we go oh, Let's
2: man. get into it <laughs> On trial like Quick
1: um, I, Well I don't I, I have so many I love Hiatus Coyote I think they're okay, freaking That's dope. a
2: great example Good name So wait Good They're a
1: great, And that's a great band name too That
2: name is like two words That don't really mean anything together But sound really cool next to each other And it's kind of like a tongue twister to say
1: it's That's like, fair
2: your I think it's
0: Coyote I think there's
1: a little bit of ad-lib going on, like Alabama Shakes, another favorite band of mine, another thing that is like Alabama, which is where they're from, and Shakes. I mean, I don't really know why, but you're right.
2: Maybe it's like, okay, this is interesting. In both Mm -hmm. Hiatus Coyote and Alabama Shakes, one of the two words is very um, compelling. Like, coyote catches your attention, right? The word hiatus Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. not particularly Mm -hmm. interesting. And the word shakes is like a very, and the word shakes is like a very active word. Like you see something. So maybe it's like, has to have like a strong image, like.
1: I feel like you are, you are choosing the exact opposite of the words that I find compelling. Like I, (laughs) yeah.
0: So I'm like. You know what? You know what we're learning is that words are subjective. Yes, (laughs) music, enjoy whatever you want. Yes, Caleb, thank you so much. thank you thank you thank Call you for on. having I love, me it does feed my ego thank you so much for coming on Caleb. wait Please did i answer a single
2: question you so wanted stoked. me to answer
0: um, i feel like kind of <laughs> i feel like we got to it
2: okay okay if there's any like sound you want like a sound bite of me being like being in a band is the hardest thing i've ever done or I can yeah do, sure do I can you want to give us one. some I can quick do a takes let me do a couple okay yeah, do
3: you and want can, things, him, yeah.
1: can you say being in a band is like being a warrior or like one hundred percent? That's of, the next thing I was going to yeah. say. Um,
2: yeah, right. being in a band is like being a warrior, in that you are exploring violently new terrain, conquering enemies. Being at a show where bands are playing is like being at a battle. May the best warriors yeah. win, and then form new bands to eventually conquer everybody okay that's one soundbite so you can use that for you can put that anywhere
0: that'll be our promo for us (laughs) people are gonna eat that shit (laughs) and then
2: i'll just say um being in a band is so easy and anyone can do it and it's like not even yeah okay that's the one i wanted to hear
1: actually you should all join bands
2: because what is a band if not a group of people working together we're We're a band right now
0: (laughs) Wait, oh That's my so god true. we're totally a band we're, a we're band an ensemble right Yeah, I love it um, so thank you so much for coming <laughs> on the you. podcast Caleb is there anything that you would like to promote any social media handles oh you want to drop any okay. You know, music you want to
2: yeah. promote um, one day I'll release this music that I've been writing that is like the best music you've ever heard you're going to love it uh, <laughs> and when you can follow me on Instagram for in- information on that I'm sure I'll post there um, and it's CLEB27. <laughs> 27, C-L-E-B-27. 27. A little bit on hiatus right now, but we'll come back. My uh, topical musical news show. where Yes. I- oh, yeah.
0: I, I love, love it.
1: That. I'm sad we didn't get to talk about it more, actually. Damn, where I, I
2: do, yeah, musical, ver- like, we take something from the news, some obscure thing from the news, and do a one-minute musical version, musical song about it. Uh, in various musical awesome. styles, and they're fun, and I look like an idiot and dance around it. And-
1: um, I just want to know how you guys came up with it, what that collaboration is like, and um, where you where you see it going.
2: Okay,
1: this is a big question, but just what what do you feel about it? I just okay. really quick, rapid fire. Let us know.
2: Okay. Uh, first, you can follow it at the musical news, which is at the dot musical news on Instagram. Okay, check it out. Um, I. My friend Luke moved in to my apartment and we write songs together. And we were talking about one night after writing like a silly song together, um, our dream jobs. And we were talking about, I was like, I feel like my dream job is to just write a bunch of songs really fast. Um, like I have to write them really quickly for some reason. And I don't know what that. what kind of position I'd have to be in for that to be what I do every day. But that's like what I love. That's like
1: late night TV. It sounds like. Yeah, I think Colbert would take that Something like that.
2: So I, so then I was like, well, those jobs don't exist. You know, you can't really apply for them. But maybe one day they'll approach, you'll see an opportunity. Right. And I was like, well, Luke, on that day, we'll need something to show. Um, We don't have that now. What's, and then I was thinking about something we could do that would sort of be a proof of concept of like, look how fast we can write this stuff. And how good we can make it so quickly, and I was like, "What moves quicker than like the news?" Um, so that'll be like proof that we're doing it fast because the thing will happen, and then we'll have a video the next day um, with a song, and you just so that's where the idea came from. Um, it's a lot of fun. Where I see it going, um, I don't know. I've had some people be like, "You should send it to various media groups and see if they want to do anything with it." Um, or use mm-hmm. you or just take the idea, but something that I've seen is, um, it makes people laugh and it could be a little more informative. And I think it's an interesting way to get your news. Um,
0: absolutely. In a memorable and I way. think a lot of major, like a lot of major producers and, uh, comedians follow this podcast. So if you're out there listening 100%. to this,
2: yeah. And I think presidents, I'm looking at you, and ex-presidents, Mr. Stephen too. Colbert.
0: <laughs> yeah, Obama wrote us a little. Th- we had yep. we mentioned him in one of our podcasts, and he <laughs> tweeted us and was like,
1: "He sent a us a nice. text actually." And we, oh uh, my God. we were so busy, we were so busy with the pod. I we left him on red yeah, oh, he was you left Obama unread. Oh so. gosh! But Did if your your you're hearing go? about the, the Obama, name of this please. podcast.
0: Listen Absolutely. To musical news. <laughs> yes, but for real, thank you so much, Caleb.
2: Thank you. Thank you so fun. much
1: for coming on. I really, really want you to highly consider Caleb all lowercase because I think I that's love it. so yes. funny.